Yes, welcome to No Ideas Original Podcast featuring Shadon, Mr. Rob, and Zane. What's up, y'all? How y'all doing? Good, what's good? Zane, you look mad happy. What you smiling about? Yeah, you look at that cheese and bread. <laughs> nah, I got a, got a nice little text earlier. Okay, bro. What you working with over there, Virgo staff? Nah, nah, nah about a possible uh, upcoming interview for us. Oh, okay. You working? Is it is it is it somebody that um that the audience gonna like or somebody that only you gonna like? Both. Both. All right. Both. Personal. Yeah, you smiling. You like that one? Yeah. So we got a, we got we got a dope show for y'all tonight. We got Karan Goodman, Q Ball. Uh, he's actually backstage now, so we're gonna bring him on in a few seconds. So, but I just wanna check in with you guys. Like, how was your week so far, man? How's your week been? Go ahead, Big Brother Bob. Our week has been pretty, eh, the, 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 the most exciting thing, I, it's not even exciting, man. My dog just destroyed my damn, uh, my room, my laundry room, you know, shit all over the place. I had to clean up that, yo, it was a disaster, man. That's me and my wife was talking about how I left the window open. And hey, we paid high ass gas don't, prices. This- Hey, quiet as kept. This, this don't let your inner Michael Vick come out on him, right? Yo, son, I ain't gonna beat him up. I ain't gonna beat him up, son. I yeah. put, him, put him on timeout. He's over here chilling now. Cause I gave him back his bed, so he over there snoring. But about to in- incriminate yourself. Yeah, son, I ain't gonna do that. Man. What's up with you, Zane? Uh, nothing much, man. I stayed in the house like the past like two or three days or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, just too many people outside in these, in these, in these stores and stuff like that, man. Peace, Q. What up, King? Peace. Yo, yo, what up, what up? It's Pop New York. What's, What's going, going on? Is it good? Yeah, everything good, yup. Yo, so we want to welcome you to No Ideas Original. My name is Shannon, that's Rob, and that's Zane. And for those of who don't know, we got Ron Goodman, aka Q-Ball from the Youngsters. Yes, everything. Yes, What's up, man? How you been, man? Everything is lovely right now, man. Blessed to be alive, man. Thank right. you for having me on the show as well, man. You know what I'm saying? Right. I salute to our brothers. Yeah, Thanks for coming on, bro. I'm doing my thing right now, though. I got, you know, the YouTube channel, Q-Ball TV. For okay. everybody that don't know about that, you know, type in Karan Gutman in the search engine. That's and right. And you'll see my page or my channel or whatever. Subscribe. That's right. The new album and all that about the drop, okay. Glorious. Still doing the beats, you know what I'm saying? Right, that's right. Good problem. Nice. A lot of stuff right now, man. A lot of stuff right now. Doing your numbers. Let me let me say, yo, fit to me, Philly's contribution to hip hop is underrated. You know, you got you guys, the youngsters, Cool C, um, Steady B, three times dope. Tell us what it was like growing up in Philly and how'd you end up in the youngsters? Man, you know my pops is Lawrence Gutman, LG the T-shirt. For those that don't know, that's uh the founder and you know CEO of Pop Art Records, legendary Pop Art that you know discovered and put out Roxanne, Shante, Will Smith, Craig G, Steady B, Cool C, Salt and Pepper when they named Super Nature. You know what I mean? Uh, three times dope. Man, us, the youngsters. But you know, Marley Maul, he basically, you know, put Queensbridge out there on the map to the world, you know what I mean? Shout out to QB, the legendary Queensbridge. You know what I mean? I'm not saying Queensbridge never would have shined, because Queensbridge is a mecca of talent, man. Like probably the most legendary neighborhood in the world. But you know, the facts is, 
you know, their outlet was from, you know, Lawrence Clipman, a Philly dude, you know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of the New York rappers was coming down the turnpike in the beginning to get signed. They was coming to Philly. Like, Philly, we was basically, like, the first Atlanta, you know what I mean? Like, Pop Park was basically, like, you know, the first Def Jam, really, you know what I mean? Before, you know, Russell and them came, just people don't know in the beginning, Russell Simmons was just a manager. He had his company named Rush. You know what I'm saying? And you know, when he started Def Jam with Rick Rubin, and then, you know, he pulled Leora Cohen in. But that came down the line. But the first was Pop Art. That was like the first independent black record label that had a roster of just all legendary artists, man. Like right. from all different parts of the, you know, everywhere, you know what I mean? But me growing up in that household, like I always had a studio in my basement. You know, my pops had all the beat machines and all the microphone, everything in my basement. So everybody would come to my house and record everything in my basement. Even when they had to practice for their sh they shows, they did everything in my basement. So since I was like one or two, I was literally right there, you know what I'm saying? Like, seeing all of that beat machine right there, seeing my cousin Steady B come to the crib every day, every day like like clockwork, man. Steady B, between my cousin Steady B and Cool C, you know what I mean? That's my blood, you know, family, whatever. But every day he came to my crib to work on a beat or a song, every day, like, Hip hop was our, it's our life. Like that ain't nothing we just do to get a bag and some fame and to get lit. Like all these other dudes nowadays, like, like we really right. live, you know what I mean? Like right, back right. then. That's right, that's I right. I couldn't see myself doing nothing else but hip hop. Even when I was in school, it was like a waste of time because I knew <laughs> I was not, I was going to do nothing else but hip-hop. You know what I'm saying? So I ain't even really want to go to school for real. You know what I mean? And it's crazy how God worked because I winded up, you know, becoming a rapper, getting signed at the age of 12. You know what I mean? So, like, hip-hop, that's all I know. I don't just do it for a bag and to get lit. Like, back then, we was doing it to be great. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was a... It's no different than, you know, in sports. You got certain sports players. They they want to be the best, you know, uh, basketball player. They want to have the champions, championships, or a boxer. He want to be the champion. You know what I'm saying? He want to be the greatest boxer or whatever it may be. Like, people just took hip-hop and turned it into a quick hustle. And that's not what's up, man. Like, we was doing it to be great. We wanted to be the best rapper or the best producer or the best record company. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't just about getting money and flossing and having jewelry. You know what I mean? Dangling steaks in front of lions, posting all kind of clips on your Instagram, Twitter, whatever you got. Showing off for your fame and your money, like that's corny to me, man. That's not real. You know the commercialization, I mean? the commercialization of the artists, what killed it? Like when hip hop transitioned to be more commercial when it became about rap, then all the culture went out of it. People stopped doing it for the love, and like you said, they monetize it so much now. It's like, yo, I don't want to. 
people are like, yo, I want to just rap or I just want to be in hip hop. They don't even have to have the skill or care about it or care about the craft. You know, you have some people that are students of the game and they love it. And then you have other people that they just send it like, I, this is a quick way to get a check. Right. And that's like the main reason that I, I mean, besides the hate, because a lot of these dudes be haters in Philly. Besides the hate, I think, you know, one of the, the, the main reasons why all these other rappers that's popping right now don't even know who we was or who we is, that's is crazy. because they don't live hip hop. They right. just came up with a dude to be famous and they get rich. You know what I'm saying? Like, they don't really live it like, you know what I mean? If they really lived hip hop, there's no way he wouldn't know who we was. It's impossible. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, when we had the city for 20 years, right? from the beginning, you had Pop Park from the beginning in the early, early mid 80s, early 80s. Pop Park records. Then after that, you had Hilltop Hustlers and them Steady B Cool C. Then all the way up to 90, 91, the youngsters came in. Then you had the youngsters. First song, past the mic, 92, 93, the Aftermath album, Legendary Cruise, Pop, Is You With Me, Watts, and all that. Then 94, you had No Mercy album with Marley Maul, damn, they produced the whole thing, Hip Hop Ride, Mad Props, all that. Then 95, you had I Make the Famous album, but I Make the Famous and Bloodshed and War with Mob Deep when they was at AP. When Shook One's first drop, we had the joint Bloodshed and War, 95. Born in the 96s, 97, 98, Karan Goodman signed with the biggest niggas in the industry at the oh, time. Track oh. Masters and Steve Stout. Break right. the makeups, major hit record video directed by Hype Williams, 50 Cent in the video, first video. Like all of that, like, and they just forget <laughs> 20, 20 years. Right. Then Face Off Entertainment in 2000 to 2001, 2, 3. You know what I mean? I had the little local Philly artist and the mixtape hosted by Chase Slater, the most legendary okay. in the world. Like, all of that. Like, so these niggas don't know none of that. That's how you know it's just hate. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's impossible. And the hate and the hate runs deep, man, because in Philly, that Philly sound. Gamble and Huff get all the credit. But Dana and Lawrence don't get no credit, and I think that's whack. Cause they come over. I, mean, I think that your pops are responsible for the OJ's, isn't he? The songs like "I Love Music" and 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 the love no, for money. Is, is, isn't that coming from your pops' camp? Nah, that 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 ain't come from my pops. I think that's like uh, Philly that's International. That's Philly International. You know what I'm saying, but my pops is like all of the, the hip hop. Right, he's I responsible for all of the hip hop stuff. All of the hip hop stuff, that was pop art records. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like Gamble and Huff basically was doing like the R and B like around, you know, the early eighties, you know what I'm saying? And they start kind of fizzling out when it, you know what I mean? And then the hip hop came in and you know started taking over and that's when your pops came in with the pop art and all of that. But talk, talk, talk a little bit about when the youngsters, you know, hit hit the platform, and y'all were able to work with legendary producers like Pete Rock and Primo, and that influence 
Talk about how that influenced you to become a producer and how you eventually met up with Tony Pope. Yeah, man, you know, uh, you know, we did the joint Wake Em Up with DJ Premier. He produced that on the Aftermath album. We worked with Marley Maul, all the joints he did, Hip Hop Ride. Damn near the whole third album, Pete Rock, Is You With Me, Pass the Mic, The Beat Nuts, Wild Child, you know what I mean? Oh my God, I can't even name uh, Naughty by Nature, KG, Cruise Pop, and Handle This with Trutch. And then when the youngsters was over, because we like kind of, you know, we did then everything you could do possibly to blow up. But it just, for some reason, it never, it never happened. So Sylvia, shout out to Sylvia Long. I mean, she felt like she did all she could possibly do, which she did. So she winded up letting us go, you know what I mean? So after we put the last album, I Make You Famous, out independently, we all like, you know, went our separate ways. That's when I started producing. And I winded up meeting Tony Polk in Miami. Shout out to my nigga Charlie Mack, you know what I'm saying? I had bumped into Charlie Mack down in Miami. And he, you know, he was going some you want to go over to Gloria Estefan studio with me later? Nice and, you know, the firm over there and Dr. Dre, they working on the firm up. I'm like, hell yeah. So I wound up getting with Charlie. Went over there to the studio. I met Dr. Dre, Tony Pope, Stout. I seen Nas there. I already knew him. That's when we exchanged numbers and all that. And originally, I was trying to get with Dre. You know what I'm saying? But Dre was too hard to get in contact where he never would hit me back. This one, beepers and all that was out, you know what I mean? I would page him all the time. He never hollered back. I couldn't get in contact with him, so I wound up saying, fuck it. And I just, you know, hit up Tony Pope. And then that, you know, led up to me signing with them as a producer. Tell me this. Uh, hey, Q, fill in, this, fill in this blank for me, brother. You ready? You hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Fill in this blank for me, brother. Money, money's growing like grass with the... Massive pill, you already know, man. My you know man, I mean? my man. Yeah, yeah, a so, lot of so, people don't know. That's me on the chorus of Gangstar, Massive yeah. pill. My man Primo, shout out to my nigga Primo. He, he sampled my line from past the mic, you know what I mean? So, and people don't know this, but shout out to my fucking nigga Nas, my brother. When you go in Massapill Record Company in Manhattan, on the wall, it got money's growing like grass with the Massapill underneath nice. the Karan. You know what I mean? So, sufficient. You know I mean, shout out to Nas. He ain't even had to like give me rec my recognition like that. He got me on the wall in Massapill Record Company, letting everybody know what inspired, you know what I mean? Massapill, you know what I mean? But. And I was on uh, LL Cool J chorus as well. I was on Funkadelic Relic chorus on the 14 Shots to the Dome album. That's me saying, bring in the funk, baby, bring it in, bring it. You know what I mean? So I got a couple hooks under my belt. Let's <laughs> go. What, now, what was, being, go ahead, Zane, go ahead. Being that you mentioned Nas, how did you, um, which is like, we, like the, the brothers you speaking to right now, we huge Nas fans. How how were you able to get uh, or to uh, do the beat for Nas's song Anybody Touch? 
that's when I was, like, around the time, like, I, I, I wouldn't even say I was, I wasn't, all right, this was, like, after the whole Trackmaster thing started fizzling out, and then I, you know, established myself as a producer, and I was just in the Sony building, like, one of my closest homies, man. He was, like, the top A&R in Sony Columbia, you know what I mean? So he, he had Nas Project. So since, I, you know, being as though I already knew Nas from, you know, the youngsters all that, you know what I mean? When Nas was in the building, that's when I wound up, you know, getting with him, giving him beats and all that. And, you know what I'm saying? He picked the Anybody Touch Trump, and we did that, you know what I mean? So how did, how did things end up fizzling out with the Trackmasters? I mean, you know, the Trackmaster thing, I can't even really tell you how they wanted up fizzling out. I think really, they just, you know, they wanted up just doing, they they really like, want, they had internal problems. Like, you know what I mean? They wanted up separating from the South. And then Tone wanted up branching off, doing his own thing. That's why if you notice on the, uh, Best of Both Worlds album with Chase Z and uh, R. Kelly. Tone is just the producer. Like, they call him the referee Tone on that album. You know what I mean? Like, they had broke up. You know what I mean? And then they wound up losing their position in Columbia as the vice president of the uh, urban division. So they kind of, like, fizzled out. You know what I'm saying? And then I just, you know, I still was doing my thing. So... That's how that went down. Like, really, I don't, they just fell off the plane. You know what I'm saying? I was hitting them up. They stopped responding. And for whatever reason, I don't know. You know what I mean? Yo, so we had Vegas. We had Vegas on, and Vegas was telling us that his situation, you know, dissolved with um, Tone and Pope. But, but I, honestly, I never knew that there was like a separation in terms of track masters. I just felt like the demand died down. I didn't know that they ended up separating. Yeah, they separated, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, because they had went through something with Stout. And then, you know, Pope was on some, I ain't, you know, I don't want to deal with Stout no more. But Tone and Stout was always real close. So, you know, Tone, he winded up staying with Stout. And Pope just, you know, he stepped off or whatever. And that's how the whole track message thing fizzled up. You know what I'm saying? Then, you know, they lost their uh, situation. Then, like, they, see, all they artists, they never focused on their artists. They was too caught up in doing beats for all the superstars. And, mm -hmm. you know right. I mean, when they had all kinds of superstar in-house artists that wasn't developed yet, like 50, you know what I mean? They had Nature from the firm. They had Ali Vegas. Yeah, this other chick named Glaze, New York. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like they had a couple people, like, but they they would treat them like secondary. You know what I'm saying? Like I really was doing a lot of the stuff for all the artists that I just mentioned. Like, you know what I mean? Like me and other producers that was in their camp. They was like trying to do all the big superstar records, chasing the big checks and the quick, the quick, you know. Right, right. Quick money, quick fame, you know what I'm saying? And and then, you know, when 50 winded up, you know, getting shot up and all that, I think, like, I think, I don't know, Earth probably blackballed them niggas. 
know what I'm saying? I don't, it, like, I don't know, you know what I'm saying? Earth put a black ball dumb being as though 50 was down with them, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's right, that's right. I don't know, like, like you know what I mean? What's, what's the, um, because I, I think you make a good point. Like, I think that their producers, they could produce a great record, but not every producer can actually develop talent if they got talent in-house. Like, how do you how do you separate that as a producer? You know, like, you have to have two separate ears. You have to have the ear for, I, I could give a good beat to this person, but I also could take this person and actually make them into something. How does that work as a producer? I mean, honestly, man, I think it's something that you already gotta have. Like, it gotta be something, it gotta be a God-given gift, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think that's nothing that you can learn. Like, you gotta, like, already have an ear, you know what I'm saying? Like, you gotta, you gotta have, you gotta be, like, a visionary, you know what I'm saying? To be able to, like, see in the, in the future, like, you know what I mean? Like, and that's not nothing that could be taught, like, that's, that's something that you gotta naturally have, you know what I'm saying? But a lot of the times when I would sell beats, people would pick the beats that I would least expect them to pick. Like the beats that I would be making for certain artists, they wind up picking another beat that I never would even think they would like. Like breakups to makeups, I would have never thought enough with a rap on that beat in a million years. I had up like hard, you know, Wu-Tangish type, you know, you know, hard joints and shit. Yeah, man, he ain't even picked them. He picked that. So, like, really, man, everything just be falling together. Like, like they say, the stars is aligned. Yeah, man, like, man, it's 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 like weird, man, because in a music business, it's like being on a crack table when you rolling dice, man. All you can do is hope that you hit your number, but in all actuality, you don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, anything can happen. You know what I mean? That's real, that's real. Let me ask you this, bro. In, in today's climate, and you being a spiritual brother, how important it is for us brothers to have knowledge of self? That's very important, man. You know what I'm saying? Because See, like all our people is brainwashed with all kinds of garbage, man. They don't even be wanting to hear like topics like this because of them being psychologically brainwashed, man. Like we it, we literally under psychological warfare. You know what I'm saying? Like, so you gotta understand, it ain't no secret that we was being oppressed. You know what I mean? From the slavery days. So you think they just stopped? Like, they ain't stop. They didn't stop. They just took it to a whole new level. Like, you know what I mean? Instead of them physically oppressing us, now it's mentally and psychologically. That's right. And they want us to not know who we are because when you don't know who you are, a person can make you do anything or make you think any type of way they want. That's right. And that's what they want in order for us to buy up all their products for they multi-billion dollar companies and multi-hundred million dollar companies. Like, we nothing but, like, cattle with them. You know what I'm saying? Like, we nothing. It's, it's, slavery was a business. You know what I'm saying? So that tells you right there they look at our whole 
everything as a business. So psychologically now, that's why you got all these black people thinking they got to buy all these chains and iced out watches and have all these fancy cars and man, because in all actuality, they're insecure. You know what I'm saying? So they feel like having those types of things validates them. You know what I'm saying? Because in all actuality, subconsciously, they feel like they're not valuable for world unless they have those types of things. And that, and you think that's a, 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 a accident that we thinking like that? Like, no, they like strategically, purposely designed all of that for us to, you know what I mean, to be like that. So it's important for us to know who we really are and, and love who we really are. You know what I'm saying? Like, because every other culture they love who they are, you know what I'm saying? The Chinese people got their little Chinatowns and every damn city. You know what I mean? Italians love who they are. You got, you know what I mean? The Irish, they love who they are. Latinos love who they are. Everybody else got self-love but us. Like, that's why it's so easy for us to kill one another. Because we, we don't value ourselves. Right. So, so it's like a life is, is has no value to a you know what I mean? To another black person. That's why it's so easy for them to just take one. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we, it, it's important that we have knowledge of self, man, because knowledge of self will prevent a lot of self-destruction and black-on-black crime. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. We all like valued, valued ourselves and knew who we really was. We wouldn't be killing each other or going around trying to slander each other, destroy each other. The slander is, is major too. Like that's that's a thing that's never like really spoken on also because slander is major in the music business. You know what I mean? That's what they call blackballing in other words. You got certain individuals, if they don't personally like you, they'll slander you to shut you down. Yeah, that, man, that, man. that cancer culture bullshit that everyone's on too canceling niggas because you don't like nobody or some shit. yeah man and that's corny man you know what I'm saying like don't nobody else be doing all that type stuff with us now it happened with every other race don't get me wrong but not as much as our race like we do it all the time you know what I'm saying over every little stupid thing you know what I mean like that like you know I mean it's important that we value ourselves, you know what I mean? That's a fact. Hey, hey, Q, let me know, or let, let the listeners know, what's the biggest misconception about uh, Philly rappers? And number and number two, do you ever think there'll be uh, a major tour collectively with the OGs or, you know, such as, you know, your, uh, your, your, your OGs or your pops or anybody that has uh, a lot of pull? Out of, out of Philly to get an actual Philly rapper tour together. That'll be major. Alright, um Damn, what was the first question again? I'm sorry. Oh nah, the, the first question is what's the biggest misconception about Oh the Philly biggest rappers? misconception of Philly rappers is that Philly rappers is just stutters. That's the biggest misconception, man. And <clears throat> I'm gonna tell y'all something that nobody else be going also. 
Philly rappers believe that because Philly niggas don't know who they are. That's why we don't value ourselves and we always trying to run to another camp that's already popping and lit and trying to sign with them for validation, feeling like we need that to get on and get popping, running the Maybach music or Cash Money or Rockefeller or Rough Riders and so on. Yeah, man, if you notice, why all Philly artists don't really be doing stuff like that? They never try to do, like, yeah, man, start their own whatever from the muscle, never. And if they do start doing that, they other Philly people hate on them. You know what I'm saying? So, the proof of that is they don't even know who we are. You know what I'm saying? That's like being from Texas not knowing who Jay Prince is. You know how crazy that would be? Yeah. Or being from Compton, not knowing who Easy E and them was, you know, Rufus right. Records, or being from Miami, not knowing who Luke is. You know what I'm saying? So, how the hell they don't know who we are? Like, that's, that's, that's equivalent to a black person not having knowledge of self. Mm-hmm. So, that's why it's so easy for them to sign another crew and, and get treated just like a spitter on the team. You know what I'm saying? Because they don't know, they don't know they value. Like Philly rappers don't know they value, man. Yeah. And as far as a Philly tour, honestly, man, I don't think that's never going to happen. Because, like I said, all Philly rappers always try to sign to somebody else that's already popping. So they're never in position to put together their own tour because they signed to another clique. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Nobody's like going it, like you know how you know Rockefeller. They could put together a Rockefeller tour because it's Rockefeller. Like Rockefeller not going on a Dr. Dre tour. You know what I'm saying? Like that's a fact. Sir. Like you see what I'm saying? Like like they don't think like bosses, man. They don't because they lazy. See, Philly rappers is lazy also, man. That's why they always trying to take the easy route. By signing with somebody else that's already popping, because they don't want to do the groundwork, because they lazy. Yeah, you know I mean, and, and that's the facts, man. To me, for me to see like the to see State Property come together when State Property was doing that thing, I was like, okay, so we have some Philly rappers to um together, like working together. But you know, I grew up in New York, and one of the things in New York that kind of messed up hip hop for a period in time in New York. It was like a lot of New York artists wasn't trying to collaborate with each other because everybody wanted to be number one. Competition is healthy, but when it gets to the point where you can't collaborate with people in your city or there's minor beef, and it, you know, high quality, it really hinders the ability to kind of grow the region. You know, I always, I always wondered for, um, for Philly, like, so in New York, New York, when you think about hip hop, people always talk about, yo, boom back. In the West, they talk about funk. Um, Midwest now, the drill. Atlanta even had their movement when they was doing the snap music. What's what's the Philly sound to you? Like, what distinctly makes a rapper have the Philly sound? Honestly, man, <clears throat> Philly don't have their own sound, and that's that's the facts, man. All Philly artists try to sound like whatever is already hot. Like, say, for example, if down south sounds start popping, they're going to start trying to rap like that and rap on them type beats. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
Like that's what they do because they lazy, man. They not. They, and, and another thing, another reason why it's like that is because Philly rappers really don't live hip hop, man. They don't live it, so they just looking at it like a a, a hustle. Damn, how can I make some, get a bag real fast? Damn, such and such and them, that song popping right now. Damn, I need a joint sound like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, Instead God. of them like really like living it, doing it from the, you know from the from the heart, like you know what I mean, a passion of theirs. You know what I mean? Like like it being art, like an art form. It ain't art to them, man. It's a business and a and a hustle. So let me ask you this. Would you consider the roots that sound? Now the roots got their own sound, but 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 <laughs> but shout out to my man Black Thought, yo, you know what I mean? Like I did, he on the joint I did for Kobe Bryant, rest in peace. I did the joint Philly Live for Kobe Bryant with Kobe Bryant, Beanie Siegel, and Black Thought. And, you know what I mean? Kobe Bryant, man, bro. But you know, Black Thought, that's my, you know, I got love for Black Thought, but. Black Thought, you can hear a little bit of New York influence and his whole, you know, style. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you could, like, you could hear it, like, back when they first came out, you could hear a little New York influence in it. And there's nothing wrong with that. Because you gonna sound like somebody, because that's how it is when you doing something. All you know how to, see, when you doing something, you only know how to do something from seeing somebody else do it. You know what I mean? Like, if you want to play basketball, you only know how to play basketball from seeing a Michael Jordan and play basketball or whoever. Same thing with boxing or baseball, anything else. So you're right. going to have a little influence somewhere yeah. in there a lot of times. But for everybody to have it, like, nah, man. Like, now it's like, it ain't supposed to be like that. Like, at this point, we should have our own sound by now, man, as though it's 30-something years later. You know what I'm saying? Like, in the South, they used to rap like East Coast dudes and stuff like that in the beginning, like certain rappers in the South. But as time went on, they developed their own natural, true sound. You know what I'm saying? They not still doing that. You know what I mean? So... And you At see, this point, man, it ain't no reason why Philly don't got their own sense. And you see New York now has gotten to the point where New York or Jack, another reason, you got people in New York doing the drill music, and when the South was on fire, people in New York was doing music that sound like South rappers also. Right, yeah, New York took that whole South swag too with the drill sound. You right, like that whole Chief Keith. Chicago wave, they jumped on that because at that time New York was was ice cold. Yep. The South was ruling the industry for a minute, and New York was a lot of New York rappers even started moving south. That's yep. how that's how cold New York was for a minute. You know what I'm but another reason why New York sound is a little bit like that South sound, Midwest or whatever now. Is because this is a whole new generation, like I said, that really don't live hip hop. They trying to just get a bag. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like it's the whole, the, this whole generation now, all because that's all they see. 
they they coming up seeing the videos of a rapper flossing off. It's crazy, but sad to say, Jay Z really started that. <laughs> Jay Z and Puffy and them, they they're the reason why the culture is the way it is from flashing all that money. They was the first ones flashing money and always talking about balling and having money and quit style and they started it. You know what I'm saying? So that's a fact. That's a fact. Real quick, talk about how your talents led to meeting babyface. That's a it's a meeting. Say it again, I'm sorry, I ain't hear you. How did your talent how did your talent lead you to meeting babyface? Oh, babyface, shout out to shout out to Kenny too. Shout out to Tracy Edmonds too. You know what I mean? But that was strictly business. Um, it was a dude named Mark Jordan. Shout out to my, my dude Mark Jordan, man. He was uh he was like vice president at Sony at the time. He had came up through track masters also, but um he had he had the connection with Edmonds and all and babyface and all. So he brung it to my lawyer attention, like, yo, you know what I mean? I can get cute, a publishing deal with Edmonds, you know what I'm saying? And that's how we made that happen. Shout out to Mark Jordan. That Rihanna is his artist. He the one that took Rihanna to Jay-Z and got her signed to Dub Team, you know what I'm saying? When he left, when he winded up leaving Sony and Chuck Manson and all that, he, he, he the one that, you know, discovered Rihanna and got her signed. Yeah, man. And your production talents don't just land there because you've also done movies and commercials as well. Is that correct? Say it again. I said your production talents don't just land in music. You've also done movie scores and commercials as well. Well, um, I mean, at one point I was like, you know, trying to get into that. That slowed up too. You know what I mean? But I'm really focused on, like, that's. That's crazy you said that, because that's my main focus now. I want to do music, like you said, commercials, movies, television shows, stuff like that, because for one, you ain't got to, the beat don't got to be super crazy like that. If you listen to those beats in the background, they be corny as hell. So it's easier to do that, and you get way more money, and it lasts longer, because when you Make it say if you make a hit record for an artist, that hit record only gonna be lit for up to three, four months, six months tops. And the single was over, you know what I mean? And you just the little royalties you gonna get off of that gonna be nothing for the rest of your life because the bulk of the album's been already sold. You know what I'm saying? You just really getting the little scraps here and there now. But movies. Man, you get them checks for 20 years, man. Cause they a movie always gonna get aired. You know what I'm saying? Right. A movie's always gonna be somewhere getting watched, whether it's getting streamed online or you know what I mean? Right, right. So the movie money is way huskier. And it's it's easier, man. You know what I'm saying? You ain't gotta say, damn, I gotta make a, a banger for such and such. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> them beats be corny as hell, yo. Just listen to them, man. Yo, I've seen somewhere where they said I think Cardan is the person responsible for the love and hip hop theme. 
Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm like, damn, like I would have never thought that that he did the love and hip hop theme and he was he was on something saying that he still get a check off of it. And that's that beat is terrible. <laughs> oh my god, that beat is horrible, man. I thought I was the only one that thought that. That beat is horrible. <laughs> horrible, yo. That's crazy. That's crazy. Hey, tell, tell us um as far as production wise and uh MC or rapper wise, do you have a top five of each? And if so, who? Well, top five producers I'm gonna start with I definitely gotta say I know it's crazy because a lot of people be sleeping on who I'm gonna say first but I gotta say first is Eric Sermon wow the hits Eric Sermon did for all kinds of different artists through the year oh my god yo Eric Sermon is is way more lit than Dr. Trey if you ask me, yo. I mean, and he don't have no help. Like, Trey be having other people and all that. Eric Sermon do all his shit himself. So I'm gonna say Eric Sermon, number one. I'm gonna say DJ Premier, of course. I'm gonna say, uh, I gotta say Dr. Trey, of course. Um, who else, man? Glad you said Eric Sermon, son, because I love that Marvin Gaye shit he did, B. Oh, classic. Yeah. Like, oh, like yeah. Music. I gotta say, my boy Havoc. You know what I'm saying? My big shout, shout out to my brother Havoc. Gotta say Havoc. And, um, who else? Man. I don't even know who else to put up in there, man. That fifth one is always deep. That fifth one is always the tough one because you're going to leave somebody out. Pete Rock, maybe? Yeah, because I don't think nobody else deserved that number five spot that I could think of. What about Pete I Rock? Like, I can't I even give it to a Just Blaze because he not lit like that no more. You know what I'm saying? He, he, hasn't, he hasn't withstood the ultimate test of time because yeah. he's not here no more. You know what I'm saying? And really... Just Blaze is a biter because he bit one of my beats <laughs> with Keith Murray. Like he, oh, he the type when you would go to Baseline Studios and dump beats and all that for like Jay and all of them, he would steal your sound. Damn. You would go in the world, take your drums and all kinds of stuff he was doing, man. He a real big biter. He took all them soul beats, samples and all that. He stole that from Kanye. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. What, so, about um, what about RZA? RZA hasn't withstood the ultimate test of time. Cause RZA, he not hot like that no more. Like his beats, all the stuff I heard from him, like for the past years, yeah. I ain't been feeling it like that. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I agree with so, you on um, that. Like that's what I'm saying. Like, I, like Havoc is still lit, you know what I mean? Like everybody I just said, still lit, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Rapper-wise, I gotta say, Jay-Z is the greatest rapper of all time. Hands down, better than Biggie and Pop. You know what I'm saying? Because who knows? I think if Biggie and Pop were still alive, no disrespect, I don't think they would still be lit. Like, you know what I mean? I think they would have like played out by now. I feel that way about Pop. I feel that way about Pop. I don't think Pop's rhyming skills wouldn't have the last touch of time. 
but the amount of lyricism and lyricists that are out there now. Yeah. Like, I would I would I couldn't I couldn't now listening to Black Thought, I can't listen to Pop. Keep it real, son. Black Black Thought, J Electronica, and and, and the consciousness that they come with, listening to that and going back to Pac, I can't do that. But did you ever think Pac was a was I never thought Pac was a great lyricist. and I'll probably get flat for it. People probably be pissed off. Me, but I never even listened to Tupac. Like I don't understand what's so like great about him till this day. You know what I'm saying? I always I always thought Pac was just a great, a great entertainer. He was a he was a good combination. Make music for the ladies, make make conscious music, make you know, dear make dear mama, Brenda had a baby, stuff like that. Well, but ultimately, I'm, I was I'm never really a big pop fan. Nah, I'm not gonna lie, the man made yeah, he, he made good music. He had good albums. Like the, I think the All Eyes on Me album was good. I like the Me Against the World album. But in terms of like lyricism, yeah. like lyricism, I was never blown away. I never was like I never felt that he was a great lyricist. Yeah, me either. I think Pop was a, 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 a better storyteller. Yeah. Like when he did songs like Brenda's Got a Baby or Keep Your Head Up and stuff like that. I think that was like his strong points. You know, uh, Dear Mama and stuff like that. I think that was a strong point. But I'm gonna say Dr. J- I mean, Jay-Z, of course, the greatest rapper of all time. Hands down, no debate. I'm gonna throw, uh, Biggie in there, number two. I gotta throw, uh, I gotta throw Prodigy in there, man. You know what I'm saying? I think Prodigy over underrated, too. Underrated, too. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Prodigy, man. You know what I mean? It was um, a time when Prodigy held down New York. When, when, when Nas was yeah. kind of like going down, Prodigy, Prodigy held. I'm gonna tell you. Because Nas was like, like cold at one point. Yeah. Like the whole the whole takeover ether, that's what got Nas lit again. Yeah. He like, was over, like, you know what I'm saying? But you went to Nas, I think Nas is overrated. I don't even think Nas is really like all like the Nas sound just like a Gucci rap to me. Gucci rap, Rakim, they always compared him to. Nas, and I can tell you a story. Nas got his whole everything from Gucci rap. I was, me and Nas was in the, in the uh, hotel room with Fuji Rat freestyling and everything in San Francisco, like when I first met Nas, you know what I mean? Like, like Fuji Rat birthed Nas' whole style. Like if you really listen to Nas, it sound like a baby Fuji Rat, like in the, all, in the beginning and all that. So I'ma say Jay-Z, Biggie, I'ma say Prodigy. I think Sony is the greatest uh marketing company in the world yo just think about all the artists that sony had that they made superstars like like beyonce is overrated to me or the michael jackson's or you know what i'm saying uh the nazis or like not overrated man i don't even Nas is dope, don't get me wrong. He hot, of course, but I don't think he like how everybody making him seem. Oh my god, he's a prophet. Da, 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 da. I don't I don't think he's you know what I mean? Okay. But I, Would you rather Nas or A Z? You said A Z? Like like if A like like if if, if A Z and Nas spit their best material straight off the block, not doing a song, but like straight up spit battling. Who you think went out of Nas and Easy? Oh, Nas, of course, man. Nas, like Nas, of course. 
I think, you know, I did the drum, What's Your Day About on AZ9 Lives out. You know right, right, right. I did that beat, you know what I'm saying? But I think AZ flow a little stale now. Dated, like, right? He don't, he don't really know. Like, his flow, he, he, he don't ride the beat like how he did in the beginning like that. No more, if you ask me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, um, you know, I did the joint, uh, me and Nas bring it to your hardest. Slick, Slick Rick, Rick and Nas too on the uh the art of storytelling album Slick Rick last album. I did that joint too. Mm. The only nice. song Slick Rick and Nas ever did together. You know what I'm saying? I did that joint. But um I'm a, you know, Jay-Z, Biggie, Prodigy. I'ma throw Nas in there and I'ma say uh Matter of fact, I'ma say Snoop Dogg is number uh, number three. That's heavy. Yeah. Respect. Respect. Snoop Dogg, yo, people be sleeping on Snoop. Snoop, his flow, everything never got whacked. Like nothing never fell off. Nothing. And when that like, first that album came still, out, like popping. Yeah, he went to yeah. so many different camps and worked with so many people. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. Like, like Snoop Dogg is like a too short. Like how two short styles still like popping, like he never fell off. Like yeah. two short just can wreck forever. Like you know what I'm saying? But I'm gonna say Jay Z, Biggie, Snoop Dogg, Prodigy, and Nas. Yeah. It's, it's funny, you say, funny you say Prodigy because yo, to me, Prodigy. It was a point where I was like, yo, Prodigy, when he had the joint on. Remember LL, Illuminati with my mind, soul, and my body. Yo, yeah. Prodigy. I was like, yo, Prodigy might be the best best dude in rap, but I think Prodigy got sidetracked with his beef with Jay-Z, and then he just started, it, it just came off the, the, the rails. So I'm a rest in peace to P. I got P up there also. We had um the Heat Makers on, and I was asking, I asked Arsonist, I was like, yo, give me an underrated producer. And he said, Buck Wow. So for you, who would be your underrated producer? Would you say Eric Sermon, or is there somebody else you think that don't get the props that they really should get? Yeah, I'll definitely say Eric Sermon is definitely underrated. I think Eric Sermon is the greatest producer of all time, hip hop wise. Then wow. DJ Premier afterwards. You, you know what I'm saying? But um, like a DJ Premier beat that never play out ever. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Signature too, you can hear it. You can hear it a mile away like that's a Premier beat right there. Yeah, like, it a, like his sound will last forever. Like his beats is still, his beats is better now actually. You know what I'm saying? But, um... What is it about Eric Sermon that makes you say that, that he's the greatest hip-hop producer of all time? Man, that nigga, man, it's just a beast, man. Like, just his whole, like... His air is just amazing, like... Like, his whole sound... is just, like, funky, like... Mm -hmm. It's like, you got... It's like a funkiest hip hop site. But then again, he got raw hip hop joints too, like the Goss effects, they want effects, mm -hmm. all them bangers, like that. Yo, he Head just banger. super versatile, yo. You know, you know Head why banger was big. Underrated, underrated producer people don't talk much about? DJ Scratch. I like yeah, Scratch. DJ Scratch definitely hot. DJ Scratch made a lot of Busta Rhymes hits. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I like Scratch. 
Yeah, man, but they not popping like that now though, so I can't really get them that because they not really lit like that now, like, you know what I'm saying? Oh man, who's the underrated producer? Let me see, man. Uh, what about Jay Dilla? Oh, I'm Jay Dillon, not underrated, though. Everybody know who Jay Dillon is underrated. No, 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 no. I'm saying because there's a lot of people that like rap, and from time to time, I'll be in, you know, different debates with people, and they won't even mention Jay Dillon. They, they, they don't need to be on the top. They that whole tribe called Quest Swag came from Jay Dilla. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, um, like Kanye even fell off. Like, you know what I mean? Kanye not like I used to be no more. Big time. Kanye's early, Kanye's early work, I liked a lot. I thought Kanye used to be really dope, but I think Kanye kind of fell into like the, um, the trap of having like other people around him and people bringing him stuff and him stripping down the beat trying to do other things. I think what I like about Kanye is the same thing I dislike about him. I think he's a risk taker, but sometimes the risk he take, it, the shit be so far left that you be like, nah, this is garbage. Like I've heard Kanye do some straight trash. <laughs> you know, his last his last couple of efforts, I'm like, none of this sounds good. It's terrible. I tell you what, but being that Kanye's about to Finalizing his, his divorce with Kim with Kim Kardashian, he ain't gonna have nothing but to, but to that's have time. Still, to that shit still sounds trash. Like that Yeezus album to me, I, I never listen, heard it yet. I, I listened to it so many times because people was like, "Yo, sonically, you gotta you you get it if you listen to it." I'm like, it's just not it's not good. Heard it. Not it. Yeah, I wasn't feeling that Yeezus album. I think his best no. work, of course, was his first three albums. Probably yeah. so. But honestly, though, you know what? I, it's crazy. But honestly, I think I think Kanye is still great. I think he just lost focus. Yeah. Like with the with you know Kim Kardashian, and it just seemed like he got a whole bunch of distractions around him, like that just threw him this whole focus everything off. Like you know what I mean? Right. Like he like got. Kim Kardashian around and you could tell they probably be arguing and beefing all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> and, and I know that firsthand. Like, when you with a, a certain type of female that's just, uh, just no good, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> That'll throw your whole life over. You know what I'm saying? I thought you were going to say something that's just no good. <laughs> <laughs> Clean it up. <laughs> Oh, shit. I think like if Kanye, if Kanye got back in his bag, man, I think Kanye can like really like, you know what I mean? Be super duper hot again. Gotta be hungry though, man. Focus. You gotta be hungry. Mm-hmm. Gotta be yeah, hungry. man. What about Buck? What do you think about Buck Wild? I think Buck Wild is dope too, you know what I mean? That whoa, the Black Rob Woe beat is crazy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, um, then Buckwild do I got the Buckwild do I, I got a story to tell? Biggie's, I got a story yeah, to tell. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah Buckwild did they, do they, that joint, Biggie joint. They're digging in the craze camp. They come up with a lot of heat, man. 
Yeah, yeah. Buckwild did do that joint. Yeah. And I heard, I got a story to tell. That was a, a sample at first, and Puff and them played it over. So that whole dun, 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 that was played over. Like the original version was a sample that Buckwild like sampled it up. I heard the original version sounds way better. Hey. I'm gonna tell you who I think is overrated as a producer. Just my opinion, Eminem. Bird? Eminem is dope. <laughs> I feel like Eminem is overrated as a producer, though. I think Eminem is overrated, period. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I never had an Eminem album ever in my life. Like, I never. Never even thought it like, damn, Eminem joint jockey. I gotta check that joint up. Never, like, I never, like, I never was like an Eminem fan. I, 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 I like him as a person. Like, as a person, I like Eminem. But, like, you know, as far as his music and stuff, I think Interscope is a hell of a marketing company. You know what I'm saying? Because they, they, Yo, man, them companies, man, them huge companies are masters at deception, man. Right. And it's all witchcraft, actually. That's what they masters at. All, everything they do is magic. They can make you think however they want you to think by constantly putting something out there. See, this this is their trick, right? If you if you ever want to get hot, I'm going to tell you the trick. This is the trick. This is how you get hot, right? You get everybody that's somebody, everybody that's hot or got whatever going on, and you just have them co-sign. So now the general public will feel like, damn, am I the one out that don't know what's popping? You know what I'm saying? They're going to feel like they, they like not up on it. Yeah. But say if like, like, that's what they do. Like, they'll have all the other artists in the industry say, yeah, man, that new big album's crazy, man. I can't hear that new big album. Say if Nas nah, say that, and then Jay say that. Then, you know what I'm saying, uh, Clive Davis, I mean, uh, Quincy Jones might say it, then Dre might say it, you know what I'm saying? Or then LeBron James might say it. Now everybody's going just automatically think it's hot. It could be trash, you know what I'm saying? But you psyched everybody out. Because nobody want to be on the outside looking in. Right, you know? now everybody got psyched out. So they, they, they just painted the whole, they painted the whole picture right there. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's, that's what them companies is masters at doing, you know what I'm saying? I'm it's trying to think of an Eminem up. beat that's dope. I'm trying to think of an Eminem beat that I actually listened to and was like, yo, this is a dope beat. Because to me, like, even the joint did for 50, patiently waiting, like, to me, it's a good song, but none of his beats have ever blown me away. I'm like, and I listen, when I listen to beats, I'm listening to see, like, you know, how the sample sound, if the drums are swinging, you know, like, and all his shit just to me, it just sang, like, it just seemed off. Actually, yeah, patient, like, patiently waiting is like a real basic beat. It's just 50, it's terrible. 50's, 50's lyrics held it up. That's terrible. The joint he did for Nas, the cross, that's terrible too. Oh, he did the cross. Only, the only Eminem beat I like is the John Hunt and Jay-Z got together on Jay-Z out. Oh, Renegade. 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 That joint banging, but 
this this what I heard. I heard Eminem don't even really make the beats. I heard he just like lay the drums down, and then he got like other bass players and you know uh you know dudes that know how to play the keys come in and play whatever over. And then he'll just be like the, con- the, con- the conductor. You know what I mean? Like the oversee everything, like how Puff basically be doing. That's he just played a skeleton. He learned that from Dr. Drake. Right, exactly. That's what Drake do. Drake just laid a skeleton. Yo, that's yeah, what he'll bring in the Scott Storches and all them type people to dress it up. And then he'll tell them, no, nah, that ain't hot. Play something else. No. Nah. Oh, yeah, right there. Boom. Yeah, keep that. that. That's all they be doing. Yo, you know that's all, my least favorite part of Eminem beats are the drums. I think the drums be trash. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> them drums be trash. But Dre drums, to me, Dre's his signature. It's his drums. I don't even think it's his drums. I think it's his mixing. That's like true. His, 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 Dre is an engineer for world. So he know how to really mix like a sound. He can mix his mix on songs be like crazy. Does it be like crystal clear? Everything be mixed. Perfectly, you know what I'm saying? Like, for example, this I'm gonna prove to you that the secret to Dre recipe is his mixes. When the Chronic 2001 album first come on, what do you hear? The same sound you ever go in the movie theater when they play like that, that sound to show you that it's a surround sound. Oh, yeah. Dolby sound, I know you're talking about. That's at the beginning of the Chronic in 2001 album. So he basically telling you right there, sonically, this, what you about to hear is going to be sonically Cinematic. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> That's a fact. That's a fact. That's a fact. It's funny. Now we're talking about that. Let me ask you this. From a creative standpoint, what keeps you on edge and how important is your imagination. Well, what what keeps my will keep will keep my juices flowing, man. Is I just want to be great. I mean, it ain't even about the money. I just want to. I want. I want to be great, and I want the the respect and recognition. That's gonna make me feel certified, like. From my peers, like people like y'all, you know what I'm saying, and other musicians and producers, and uh, you know what I'm saying. Right. Well, if my what, I want my peers to to recognize me and acknowledge me, like yo, that nigga is the shit. You know what I'm saying. Right. That's really what keeps me like, man, wanting wanting to keep going and shit. You know what I mean? Because like you said, hip hop is real competitive. And a lot of these dudes, man, I'm better than all these dudes, though. Wish you had this new album, I'm off the trap, yo. Yo, all that talent in Philly, have you ever had a chance to work with, like, a Meek or Cassidy or even Gilly or Freeway, PD, any of them? I mean, I did the John Why Must I on the first state property album with Bean Seagull. You know what I'm saying? And, and I did the joint Philly Live for Kobe Bryant, rest in peace. 
you know, Beans racked first on that joint. We did we did that in the, uh, the Hit Factory. That session was crazy too, you know what I mean? Jay-Z came through, Jermaine Dupree was there. The, the fucking owner of the Hit Factory daughter had came through personally for Kobe. 50 came through that session too, but he like came in and walked right out. I think he was mad he couldn't get on that song. <laughs> But it was a Philly joint, you know what I mean? Like, like Kobe just wanted a Philly song. That's why it's called Philly Live. So this day I be thinking 50 Brian like coming some type of way towards me because of that. Like, man, that nigga ain't even put me on that joint. It wasn't even my call though, you know what I mean? But yeah, I worked with Beans before, you know what I mean? I, uh, you know what I'm saying? What else, who else could I do stuff in Philly for? I mean, you know, Black Daughter on Philly Live too. I can't, I can't believe I forgot that. It's yeah, Vinny Siegel and Black Daughter on the Kobe Bryant Philly Live joint I did. So, you know, I did that joint for Black Daughter, Beans. I did Why Must I State Property for Beans. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and I was doing stuff for Ram Squad too. You know what I'm saying? When they was lit. Yeah. Yo, you know Cassidy is producing now too. Have you heard any Cassidy beats? No, nah, I ain't hearing none of Cassidy beats. I heard that too though. Yeah. It's 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 he's he's better as a rapper than a producer. <laughs> <laughs> let's see, let's yeah. see. What 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 we do break up to make up? How did that beat start? So how what would you do? Where were you at when you made that beat? Cause when they did that versus and Meth came on and D'Angelo, I said, this Classic. fucking beat is still kicking, yo. Me and my wife was in the fucking house dancing to that shit. So. Uh, yo, so, what, 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 what went into you doing that beat, if you can remember? Yo, man, I made that beat in my mom and dad basement in West Philly, yo. <laughs> like, on a, on a regular MP360, not even like the 2000 or the 3000, like the old junk. Original like MPC sixty. I made that joint with no keyboard, nothing, just the fucking the MPC sixty, the two version. You know what I mean? I was nineteen when I made that beat. Like when I just made it, like you know what I'm saying? Like when I heard, you know, that shit just came. Like, it just happened. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Juice is flowing, bro. Like when I be making beats. I just, I'll get on a beat machine. The first thing that I'll think about, like if I'm making a sampling beat, I gotta find a hot loop. And if I find a hot loop, then I dress it up with the drums and the percussions and you know, the bass line or whatever underneath for 808s, you know what I mean? Whatever, you know what I mean? But if I'm making a beat with no samples, the first thing I focused on is you know, the tempo and what type of, you know, what type of drum sound I'm gonna come with, whether it be one of them, you know, down south bouncy type drum joints or whatever, or a regular boom back hip hop joint drums. Right. And then once I, you know, make that, once I, that's the skeleton right there. Once I do, it's, it's crazy because it just, it's, it, it's like, I be, I don't even want to use this word, yo, but it's like, I'd be like, possessed. Like, you know what I mean? It just started coming. Like, I, I was like, damn, I hear this sound on here. Boom. 
damn, I hear this, this, this should be in here too. Like, you know what I mean, it just be, it just naturally be coming, man. I actually saw the, I actually saw the, the, the music video again today, um, and that that song brought, brought back a lot of memories, man. Good time, uh, I believe that was on Method Man's Judgment Day album. But when I looked at the video, I noticed like Fifty Cent made the cameo at the bar. Yeah, I even know that when I yeah. see that. <laughs> yeah, it had Fifty Cent in there. You had uh, Vita, Vita, who was signed to um, Murder Inc. Murder Inc. Yeah, yeah. Actually, actually, I knew her personally. Like me and Vita went to the same high school. She she did at the end of my block when I lived up in Jersey. Okay. And, um, who else was in there? It was uh, it was somebody. That was you at the bar, right? Street yeah. yeah, that was you at the bar with like the, the blue Avery 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 Rex or something. Yeah, okay. Yeah, right. but that 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 song, that the, song like I... now go ahead. Yeah, I was the uh, ex boyfriend in the video, and Vita was right. the ex girlfriend. I was Vita's right. new boyfriend. Right. <laughs> Telling you, man, that that's that, that's a classic right there, bro. Real right. right. strong right. catalog right there, bro. Absolutely. Man. And that was Fifty's first video. Mm. Like we did that video in 50 neighborhood in, in Southside, Jamaica, Queens, right in the Rochdale buildings. Right off like God Brew America and all that. Because uh, Hype Williams is from Southside, Jamaica, Queens. So that's why we shot that video. Because, you know, sometimes, like, like Hype be doing videos in his hood a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like the rapper's hood. So. Yeah, I mean, we did that joint in Southside, and then 50, being as though we was in his neighborhood, he was out there, and being as though I made the joint and we was all track masters, of course he gonna be on the set with me, right. you know what I'm saying? And then 50 is a, 50 is a, a super duper go-getter hustler, you know what I'm saying? Like that nigga talk his way through a paper bag, like, <laughs> like that nigga get in the room, and, and just start, you know, he'll, man, start linking with people and busting it up with them, you know what I'm saying? Talk, like, he's a master at all that. But once he just was on the set, man, like, he pretty much got his spot in that video itself from hype, you know what I mean? <laughs> he know how to, like, work, he know how to, man, that nigga's, a, a, he a genius with that. Yes, sir, yes, sir. Yo, what needs, what needs to happen for um for hip hop culture and historians to to get more in tune and and I guess get like the history of the youngsters like how do we get the youngsters edged back into hip hop history because you you guys were like one of the original groups coming out of Philly. It was the the youngest group, the youngest hard group coming up mm -hmm. that you had to respect like. At least little niggas is hard as fuck. Yeah, that crew, that crew's pop, boy. Yo, son, to be rocking with Tretch at that time, that crew's pop, I'm like, and these niggas is spitting. Yeah. They're 12 years old. I'm like, this shit bugged me out when I was small, son. <laughs> Word is ball. I mean, at this point, man, it is what it is, man. Like, the truth always come to light. You know what I mean? So, sooner or later, man. People want to know what it is because that's just, you know what I mean? That's just the, the laws of physics, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, the truth going to come to light eventually. So, I'm just going to keep it moving, doing me. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't want to be one of them, 
you know, old school rappers still living in the past and shit. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. right. People, people gonna know what it is eventually. And it's sad, man, because in the music industry, man, just in black culture, period, a person gotta die in order for people to start, like, really recognizing and realizing who they was, yo. Yeah. And it's sad, yo. Because, say, like, I mean, like, you know, when certain people die, they start, that's when they start playing all their music and celebrating them and all that. I hope it ain't gonna be a situation like that, you know what I mean? But I'ma just keep it moving, man. Like, the real hip hop heads know what it is, you know what I'm saying? Like, people like y'all, and that's really all I care about, you know what I mean? I just, the world, I want the world to recognize me, you know what I'm saying? Yo, yes. All the niggas that ain't recognizing me, they gonna be fizzled out soon anyway. Your story, though, is like definitely worth documenting. I mean, like, for your dad with pop art and, and that history, like pop art basically helped launch the Juice Crew and then old Juice you, Crew. That's you and the brother, and to work on the first album with your father and all, like, yo, it's so much history and a story there to tell that, yo, you know, High Call, you can't let that shit go. Like, you gotta, you gotta make sure that it's, it's firmly implanted in the hip hop books, man. Right. Yeah, and it's crazy. Like, yo, that's what a, that's what I'm going to start focusing on, man, is, you know, documentary and, you know, movie and all that. You know what I'm saying? Because I was talking, I don't know him like that, but, you know, Jay-Z, man, Calvin Klein from Brooklyn. Well, that's the dude that Jay-Z came up with. He had did some time or whatever, you know, came home. Not too, he came home a little while ago or whatever. That's Jay-Z, man, when... You know, he was doing this thing in the streets of Brooklyn or whatever. But I had him up on Instagram, and he like, he, he put the bug in my ear like, yo, you need to be doing a movie. You know what I'm saying? Like, you need to focus on a movie. Like, if you if you want, want to sit down with me and, you know what I mean, you need some help or whatever, as far as like, you know, some, some direction or whatever, you need some gems or whatever, like, I, you know what I mean? I'll do it, whatever, help you out or whatever. But the nigga Calvin Klein even said that, like, yo, man, your whole story is a movie. That's what you need to be focused on. That's a fact. Well, even a book or, or, or a movie and a book. You should think about that, for real. I had a, I did a book too, but I pulled it back because of certain like things and people I had mentioned in there and I ain't want no type of repercussions as far as legally. So I had to, you know, pull it back, tweak it a little, but I'm about to put it back out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. New person, you know what I mean? Yo, let me the name of my book is The Evils, like Jay-Z song, The Evils, Devils. Yeah, yeah. Let me tell you about the shit with the books though. Like we were um, we were scheduled to interview um, Homegirl from Total. And she wrote a book. I mean, if you could call it that, it's more like a like a pamphlet. It's probably like 50 pages or whatever it is. And all it is is a bunch of innuendos and her talking around stories about stuff. I don't know if it was for legal reasons or not, but if she would have actually inserted those names and elaborated, she would have probably had 500 pages and had 
great story. So, you know, like, yo, don't let the legal aspect scare you out of telling your story. Because if you got great stories, your great stories sell. That's, that's what Hollywood is based on. Great stories. Right. And... That's I see what Q's saying, though. Q talking about as far as people getting lawyers and defamation of character or whatever, that type of stuff going on. Yeah, that's, that's true. Like you know, that's true. Defamation of character if it's true. Right, but, 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 right. No, 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 no. But, 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 you know, we live in a society where people are suing for any damn thing. And the tip is, of course, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a fact. But, yo, how you call it? You can't sue people for defaming your character if they say, if this shit is the truth. Pretty no. much. Yeah, man, that book thing is is a world tricky thing, man. Because you see what happened with privacy. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was a good. It's sad. Man. This whole legacy. Well, I, I, I'm not gonna say it's a legacy, but the core of who he was, as far as Queensbridge and all of that, and all everybody turned against him. At the end, after he put that book out, to the point they even threw paint on his mural on Queen's yeah. Bridge. Yeah. I'm gonna tell, tell you this though, like I've seen Prodigy, so maybe people in the industry turned against him, but I've seen Prodigy in Harlem at a book signing, and he was out there just by himself, chilling, building with like all the people that embraced him, because it was people that just appreciated, like yo, these are, these are all the real stories and all the shit that he put in there. I remember that I think Nori, called the, um, the radio station after his book came out and Nori was like, yo, um, yeah, the stuff he's saying in the book about me is true. He was like, yeah, I wasn't really trying to fight niggas. I was a shooter or whatever it was. And Nori was just, just putting it out there. I think him and Havoc may have had a riff for a few minutes over it or whatever, but towards the end of Prodigy Life, it seemed like everybody that was pissed off about the book begin to embrace him again and understood like yo it was just him telling telling a story of what it is so yeah you do run the risk of getting some backlash or people trying to ostracize you for it but yo the people the people outside of the cats in the industry actually appreciate it and they'll embrace you for it because it's like you lifting up that curtain you pulling back the curtain you taking the velvet rope and removing the velvet rope and giving people an actual sneak peek into what the inner workings of all this shit really is you know, all people see is the smoking, the smoking mirrors and smokescreen about what people want to portray the image of being. But the reality of it is like, yo, this shit is a dirty business. A lot of people get robbed, cheated. They don't get the credit that they deserve. And there are people that are in positions that we look at every day and we celebrate and we know you like, yo, that's really not their music. They, you know, they didn't produce that. They didn't write that. They didn't, that's not their, their book. Somebody else did it. And those people never get the credit because they feel compelled to like, yo, let me just stay silent about and just, it. And just blaze the steel and shit. I said it. <laughs> you know what's funny though? Hey, 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 fellas. Hey, fellas, you know what's funny about that? About what Just Blaze? Because Just Blaze had the nerve to have something on YouTube talking about how Diddy be taking credit for other people's stuff. Show it up on YouTube one day. Damn. I'm like, damn. He said, ooh. Yeah. Just Blaze has, 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 yeah, yeah. Just Blaze has a drink on, on on YouTube talking about how Diddy taking credit for stuff that he ain't do. And look and look at mean, Just I, Blaze. Everybody knew, everybody knew Diddy was more of a conductor than a producer. No, 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 no. I know, I know that part. What I'm saying, Just Blaze has a lot of nerves. If he's fighting oh. and taking from everybody else, he, he he's doing the same thing. Yo, speaking of Just Blaze, though, I, I don't know. There's another thing. I don't know. Have you seen? Um, they also have that on YouTube where. They go in, they they have people go in and pick out like four albums randomly and they gotta make a beat on a spot. I know what that is. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah? Have you have you seen that Q? 
No, I didn't see that yet. They had just Blaze they do it. They had Havoc do they it. Go, they go into a record store. They go into a record store, blindfolded, and just pick three joints <laughs> and, and be they like, go to the studio and make a beat. And Yo, I got another producer. Yeah. Another producer that popped up. I would love to do that, man. What do you think of Large Professor? I think Large Professor is dope too. I shout out the Large Professor. I know uh, Extra P too. Yeah. Um, like Large Professor, at the time he would make all his beats on the ASR 10 keyboard. That was his joint. You know what I'm saying? Like the the uh, beat Rewind for Nas and all them joints. Like he was making all them joints on the ASR 10 keyboard. But. Lars Professor is dope, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've been knowing him since the youngsters and all that, so I've been in the studio with him, working with Nas like, a couple times. He come through, be making beats on the spot for Nas. They be all in the studio. Like, I was in the studio with him and Nas and all them niggas a couple times. But, um, yeah, I think, actually, I think Lars Professor is dope, too. You know what I'm saying? But he, I haven't heard anything like that from him lately, but I, I, I want to touch back on Just Blaze real, real fast, right? This is another thing I ain't never telling about a story, right? I did a joint on Keith Murray last album on Def Jam called Oh My Goodness. That's like the second or third song on the album Jamie Foxx be talking like at the beginning or whatever. But, um... I made that joint for Keith Murray, right? So Eric Sermon hit me up one day on the two-way. That's when two-way pages was out. He, Eric Sermon hit me up like, yo, what's your phone number? I sent him my number. He called me. He like, yo, congratulations. You got Keith Murray first single. I'm like, oh, shit. Damn, that's what's up. You know what I mean? So we chopped it up briefly. He let me know I got Keith Murray first single. Def Jam, White Label, the joint pressed it up. They started playing it in clubs. The DJs was playing it. You know what I mean? All the clubs and stuff. And all of a sudden, that, that joint, the other joint that was Keith Murray first single that Just Blaze made, that sound exactly like my beat. Just Blaze went and made a beat just like mine. And they made the single Just Blaze uh, joint first, being as though it was Just Blaze, and he was, you know, super hot at the time. The nigga stole my whole beat, yo. Like, just go to Keith Murray album and listen to Oh My Goodness, and then listen to the Keith Murray joint. I think it was called Yeah, Yeah, You Know It, or something like that. That nigga just stole my whole beat, yo, and winded up getting the first single. That nigga be stealing beat. And Just Blaze, I I met Just Blaze before he ever sold one like world beat in this studio named The Cutting Woman, Manhattan. One day I was in Harlem and I was on 125 just, you know, rock through Harlem. I seen Havy. So, you know, Havy like, damn, what up, nigga? Yo, let's go to the studio. I'm about to go down to the studio, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, all right, but I, I follow Havoc back to the studio in Manhattan, cutting room, and we did a joint called So Sick. It's on YouTube, you know what I mean? Have made the beat be on the chorus with me or whatever. But Just Blaze was the engineer of that session, you know what I'm saying? 
Like, he was an engineer first. You know what I mean? Like, that's when I first met Just Blaze, like, in, in Studio Heavy. Just Laze, that nigga lazy, that's what it was. <laughs> Fucking stealing shit from people. That's yeah, crazy. I man. I appreciate you, man. You, you, yo, for sure. Come a long way, man. And it's good to see you look healthy, you look good. Thank you, bro. For real, man. I appreciate it, man. I'm seeing in you, man, for real, man. Yeah. Yo, plug, plug what you got going on before we let you go again. Yeah, go to. Follow me on my Instagram, Twitter, at Karan Gutman. I'm saying everything Karan Gutman, real name, no gimmicks. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. Go to YouTube, or if you already on YouTube with this, type in Karan Gutman. You're going to see Q-Ball TV. Click on that joint, subscribe. I got all kinds of crazy footage, all kinds of, man. Me finding dead bodies in cars, me pulling up on people dying from, from motorcycle accidents on the spot while I'm film, filming them. Me telling all kinds of classic hip hop stories. Me, you know, dropping gems on people, telling people about the industry. Everything, man. You know what I'm saying? Subscribe to Q-Ball TV. Yeah, man. New album, Glorious. I'm about to drop that, you know what I mean? I'm going to let my people right here know the date, you know what I'm saying? So y'all can get that or whatever before I drop it, you know what I mean? Sure. Yo, we appreciate you, man. Thank you for coming on. No doubt, man. Shout out to West Philly, man. You already know, man. Salute, bro. Salute, man. All right. Salute, yo. Much love, yo. Much love, bro. Peace. There you have it. That was dope, man. Good um, good, man. Well, I'm good, man. So, thank you, everybody, for tuning in with us this week. You know, you got some hip-hop history, some classic stories from Q-Ball. Anything you want to say in closing, Rob's, eh, before we wrap? Nah, man. Um, Listen, man, for those that, that are watching, especially you young, young listeners, man, know your history, man. You're missing out if you don't know what came before you, man, to give you the, the opportunity and the privilege to do the things you're doing now, man. That young brother has done so much at a young age, man. And like I said, man, there's so much that I wasn't even aware that he did do and he had his hands in and he's still working, man. So shout out to Q-Ball, shout out to the whole youngster scrap, shout out to his pops, his uncle, pop art, that whole Philly sound, shout out to Philly. Um, Philly don't get nowhere near the props they need to be getting. They need to come together. They need to get off that, you know, that individual shit and start doing things. Cause Philly got a great sound. They always had a great sound. Whether it's R&B, whether it's hip hop, whatever genre of music Philly's coming from. And funny, and funny, we talked about Philly because a lot of their music I grew up on, not knowing the shit was from Philly. Yeah, man. So you know, what I mean, just just know who you are, man. Have some knowledge yourself, man. Have some pride in yourself, man. What's up, Dane? What you want to say? Shout out to all the listeners, uh, the new viewers, the viewers that been with us since day one and midterm. And we got more content coming, better content. And shout out to all the people that we had last year. And we're going to still build from there. Let's keep going. Yo, Zane, I have to ask you. I have to ask you this before we end. Is that a Shaft DVD in your background? Nah, it's, it's no. It's a limited edition Shaft book. Get out of here. 
out in DC. Yeah, he's a collector on the low, so you be collecting. Yeah, the low, I'm saying, bro. There you go, boy. Got watches. It's probably, like maybe like maybe like less than ten in the world. Yeah, it's actually like a comic. It's, 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 it's actually a comic book. It's, a, it's very, it's very vulgar, and it's like R-rated. It got like crazy stuff in it. You got, but, you got OT kettles and clocks in your house too, bro. <laughs> nah, not yet, man. Uh, you know, I, I, I collect the coins, of course, the cards, and like I said, I had got the um, like, like remember last episode I told you I picked up that that limited edition Pokemon thing. Pokemon, yeah, it's already, already worth a lot of money, but. Yeah, but shout out to, uh, you know, like I said, all, all the viewers and stuff. And, uh, the, you know, don't forget to subscribe and like, comment. And we got some more stuff coming. Stay tuned. Like, comment, subscribe. More great content on the way. I don't have the limited edition Shaft book. Maybe I, I need to holler at Zane to see if I can get a copy. But thank you, everybody, for tuning in this evening. Peace, y'all. Peace, y'all. Peace.